Welcome to Midweek Live, a podcast by North Point Community Church that's designed to help you get to know the people around you so we can do better and be better together. Hey everyone, welcome to Midweek Live. I'm Kim, so glad that you joined us. This is Raylene, and Raylene, uh, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm, I'm actually really, really excited to be sitting with you. You know, you actually came to my mind about two months ago. I started to hear your name in like my prayers and I was going, okay, all right. It's been a little while since we've connected. And then you gave your testimony at Celebrate Recovery about a month ago. And I, I watched it and I went, oh, wow, there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot of your story I actually don't know. Because we've known each other a long time. I mean, I, you're one of the families that I met when we first started coming and, and Randy, your husband, very involved in, in our music ministry. And um, I think you even sang in choir with me. Once, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it an Easter? It was an Easter, wasn't it? Yeah, I, rem- I remember that. I, I literally remember being in what's now the student ministries building um, in these rows of chairs, um, singing our parts and stuff mm-hmm. and, and really coming to know you for the very first time. And so, um, yeah, I reached out and just said, would you like to? Would you mind? And, um, and you said yes. Because you actually told me before we started, you, you, this is a year of what? What was the word you're using? Intentional. Intentional. Yeah. This is my year of intention. I love that. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that our conversation today is, is in line with that and that it's very intentional. Um, so give everybody just a little bit of a background, your wife, a mom, Okay, well, thanks for, for asking me and helping me to grow in this area. Yeah. Um, so I uh, was born here in Fresno, and I got a pretty rough start when I uh, was born. And, and basically, I've spent uh, a big portion of my adult life learning how to heal from a broken childhood. Mm. And somewhere in all of that, um, I found the love of my life, Randy. And this year, we'll celebrate 29 years of marriage. And uh, together, we had three boys. Our oldest, Jeremy, um, was in a car accident when he was 12 years old. Mm. And um, he had severe head trauma, and he didn't survive. Um, And so, we, of course, we miss him dearly. And and then we have two other boys, Anthony and Gregory, and Anthony's here in Fresno. He is 29, going to be 30 this year. And then there's Mm. Gregory, and um, he is in the Army in Alaska, married with two precious kids, and um, I just adore being a grandma. I love it. I love it. That was was so succinct. Well done. Um, So... When I actually came to know you um, and Randy, Jeremy had, 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 I think, passed really close to that time. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that part of the story. And, um, but even as we were sitting here and talking about, um, about that, um, you know, we, we just in the last couple of weeks have been talking about grief. Mm-hmm. And um, even as you and I were talking before we were starting, um, you said Steve had said to you to, to feel your... To feel, feel my feelings. Feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. I was really struggling, um, obviously, but mm. really struggling because in the past I'd always stuffed how I felt mm. and I couldn't do that and I had no idea what to do yeah. with how I was feeling. And And he just sat me down one day, we were talking, and he said that it was okay to feel my feelings. Mm. And, and it really opened me up to um, the beginning process of grieving. Yeah. yeah. Because I had said, you know, when we hear a little bit more of, of your of your growing up years, we know that there's a lot of pain mm-hmm. that you were kind of running from for a long time. Right. 
And so were you fearful that as you're dealing with this loss now, that as these emotions are coming up because you really hadn't worked maybe through them completely, Mm -hmm. the emotions that were coming up were really negative ones. Of course. I was angry. Yeah. Um, I I was obviously hurting, but the Mm. the biggest uh, issue was anger and then fear. I have these other two precious kids and Mm. they're going through this trauma right with me. And I wanted to make sure that whatever we, Randy and I did, that our kids would be okay in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to your born, you actually mentioned you were born with a blood disorder. I was born with a blood disorder. um, And back then it was rare. Now it's not that big a deal. Um, But back then the babies usually died from it. Oh, okay. um, And so I didn't. Thankfully, the doctors uh, at Valley Children's did Mm. some type of a new procedure and it saved Mm. my life. Wow. And so... Wow. Um, I'm, I'm quite grateful for these yeah. new procedures. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Medicine has come a long way. Um, so you were born into a family. Um, there was some abuse growing up. Uh, there definitely was. So uh, my birth father left when I was an infant mm. and um, he was abusive as well. And then uh, my stepfather came into my life when I was five okay. and um Angry alcoholic, mm. um, just very controlling, very manipulating, yeah. very narcissistic, yeah. um, and immediately started abusing me physically. Mm. And um, and honestly, I believe that from five to eight, those were some years of grooming mm. for him um, and in our relationship. And so uh, when I hit about eight years old, then I started becoming sexually abused. Mm. And that lasted until I was about 13. Did you have other brothers and sisters in your home with you? So I was the youngest mm. um, of all of my siblings, and my um, my middle sister moved out when I was eight. Okay. Yeah. So, so she... you were really kind of alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, something happens around 13? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13. You guys start to go to church, Yeah. No, we actually started going to church when I was eight. Oh, okay. Um, so, okay. so we were going to church. Um, they um, quit drinking and started going to church. Right. And so I um, w- I would go to children's church. We mm-hmm. went to Pentecostal Church of God. Okay. And, um, very I grew up loud some Pentecostal, and... <laughs> so I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I would go into children's church, and I would hear the teacher talking about this Jesus and mm. how things could be better if we, you know, mm. have Jesus in our heart. And of course, I wanted that. Mm. Um, I, what I really wanted was for my life at home to be better and for mm. the abuse to stop. Um, and so I was all in, like, okay, I want this Jesus yeah. because I, I want, you know, things to be better. Yeah, you I want, want to a be better saved. life. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I, I was still confused. I didn't quite understand exactly, you know, mm. um, the price that Jesus paid mm. entirely. I mean, I don't know that I understood that until much later in life. Yeah. Um, but I definitely wanted to, to feel better and yeah. definitely had some confusion, though, about yeah. God and, and how, you know, we were one way at church and one way at home. And so... Mm. Uh, yeah, definitely had my struggles with that. So things didn't really change, even though you guys were going to church, that it was just more like att- you were attending because things were really not changing at home. Not really. There was a lot of arguing and, you yeah. know, fussing. There was no drinking anymore, thankfully, That's but, um, you know, the abuse was still continuing. And how, how long are we talking about with these span of years? How, how many years do you think? So I was 13, mm-hmm. um, when the sexual abuse stopped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
And that's because he, he left the house. No, he didn't leave the house until I was about 14. Okay. So, um, when I, I, so I started going to friends homes, Mm. um, Mm. prior to that, I kind of stuck to home a bit and because it was a very controlling situation. But as I got older, I started branching out and I had a friend and I would go to her home Mm. and I would see that things were different in their Mm. home and that they weren't living the life that I was living. Mm. And so, um, I think around that time is when I just started getting angry and bitter that mm-hmm. I didn't have her life, my friend's life. I, And so um, I started acting out and mm-hmm. doing things to get in trouble, um, like mm-hmm. smoking and drinking and mm-hmm. uh, very early. Mm-hmm. And and um, and one day I just got fed up yeah. and I told my stepdad that he wasn't going to touch me anymore. He wasn't going to mm-hmm. do those things anymore. And, wow. And, um, that takes such bravery. I... Um, I think I shocked myself when mm. I did it, but I was just mad mm. enough to mm. say it. And I think what happened for him is, you know, I can only speculate, but I think he felt like he was going to be found out. And mm. so he stopped. Like, And then yeah. that kind of gave me this power in my mind. Um, yeah. And so while my anger was good for me in that moment later in life, it it wasn't so good anymore. Right, because it stuck with you. It wasn't like in that moment you were able to make these bold statements that were necessary that you were able to shut it back off Mm -hmm. those stuck with you that that intensity Mm -hmm. stuck with you yeah I definitely went through a period of time where I thought I could be as bad as I wanted to be Mm -hmm. because I was so angry and hurt and bitter and Mm -hmm. um and I I lived in the victimhood mode for quite some time because I felt like I was justified yeah Um, but eventually that came to harm me, not yeah. anybody else. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, we're, we were, I was just telling you, we're in the series Remedy and we just were talking about bitterness just, just this mm-hmm. last weekend. Um, and there's that statement that bitterness, you know, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person, you know, to die because mm-hmm. it, it really is, it really sucks the life out of it you does. slowly. Yeah. And you don't really recognize it. You actually see it in this very empowering way. Like you, you were able to mm-hmm. actually use it right to bring up mm-hmm. this anger and to, and to and to put a good stop to things right but then it stuck because you felt like letting it go mm-hmm. letting it go means he he wins right right that you holding on to it keeps you in control and keeps you with the with the power in that moment is that mm-hmm. is that a pretty did that feel that way yeah, i definitely felt like letting go of the bitterness was like saying it was okay mm-hmm. what had happened to me and mm-hmm. and it clearly was not okay and right. i i wasn't mature enough to understand that there's this whole process that i needed to go through in order to heal right um and to learn how to let that go cuz at this point how what age are you Thir- well i i spent the the portion of like 12 to 19 okay. in in addiction and yeah. and doing whatever I wanted to do right however I could get there to do it you know so do you feel that like you understood the reason I mean looking back on it do you feel like you understood the reasons behind it when I was going through it I don't think I understood the reasons behind yeah. any of it I I felt so alone and it was just my way to cope mm-hmm. yeah I didn't feel like I I had had an episode where I shared what had happened to me mm. and it was used against me. And, and so I felt like I couldn't speak my truth out loud and I couldn't, I didn't have anybody that I could go to. Yeah. And so, um, I just yeah. lived in that misery. Yes. Well, and trust here, mm. somebody who has abused you, you don't feel like you can trust. And now you've shared this difficult thing with somebody and 
they've turned it against you. And again, you don't feel like you can trust. And here is where like uh, understanding, uh, like a full understanding of like Jesus and his, and his truth and his consistency mm-hmm. in our life. You know, we can trust him. We can bring those things in front of him, but being young and not really having anybody walking that time with you. Right. Um, I mean, you've spent, it uh, sounds like a good portion of six or so years really just kind of struggling, mm-hmm. um, struggling in the midst of that. Now, now you met your husband, Randy, randomly in the middle of all of this, correct? I did. Um, I met him when I was 15 at Taco Bell. Um, he hired me. <laughs> I love that. I lo- you said he actually threw away all of his, all of the other applicants. Sorry if you got hired back then or you didn't get hired back then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. And, but I was too young at the mm-hmm. time, obviously, to understand. Um, I, I was still in my addiction and trying to, you know, do whatever I wanted to do. And authority and all of that mm-hmm. was, you know, my enemy. And, mm-hmm. and he was just, you know, more mature than me and basically um, was already going to church and, mm-hmm. and living a better life. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't want any part of that yet. I, I just wasn't ready for it. So, yeah. So, and about what age was that? I was 15 when we met. Oh, wow. 15, 16. Okay. So there was still some, some, um, sowing of some wild oats that were happening for a little bit longer. For sure. Um, now you, um, you actually went through a rough stage. You were engaged. Mm -hmm. You were having your first son, Anthony, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that engagement actually broke off probably for the, for the best. Yes. Oh, for certain for the best. Um, you know, um, Anthony's got a good dad and, and yeah. a, we've been able to co-parent, yeah. you know, through the years, some good times, some rough yeah. times, you know, but, yeah. um, but as far as, you know, when, when Anthony came along, I'm a single mom yeah. and, um, and this is actually when I started praying again, mm. cause I had fallen away from God. I mm. didn't trust, um, that he was going to make my life better as I had thought. And again, I was very confused, mm. uh, about God and, but I knew that, um, I had this precious child yeah. and I wanted the best for him and yeah. I didn't know how to give him the best, but I, I just kept remembering, um, you know, the stories in Sunday school. And so Mm. I started praying and asking God to help me. Mm. That's all that I could really do is, is, Lord, please just help me. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, almost immediately Randy came back into my life. And, um, and I always like to say right here that I don't think a man can save me. Yes. Um, Yeah. But I want people to understand that God brought him back into my life when I was ready for him. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful for that yeah. um, because yeah. it's it's been a huge blessing. He's been a huge blessing in yeah. my life. And and so um, we started dating again, and then we got married, and he he already had a son, uh, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And, and so we combined our, our family, and um, I'd like to say it was, you know, we lived happily ever after, right. but life doesn't go that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because in the end, there was some, un, you had not had a chance to really work through, right? Life is just happening. It sounds like you're just, life is just happening mm-hmm. and you're just along for the ride. I'm just hanging and this on. Is, yeah, this yeah. is where it landed. Now you're married. Now you're, mm-hmm. you have this family you're creating, but are, so you're expecting like, okay, I have, I, I, I finally have gotten the things that I wanted. I have the mm-hmm. husband, I have the family, but things were not. Yeah, I, I was in a place um, 
hmm. mentally that was unhealthy. Hmm. I um, I had so many character defects that I wasn't aware of. I was probably hmm. the last to know about them. <laughs> and so um, I basically muddled my way through learning mm-hmm. how to be a better mom and learning yeah. how to be a better wife. And, you know, I definitely had some good input. Yeah. Um, and I took a parenting class at the city college. Okay. I, I was in a Sunday school class where the other women mentored me. Wow. And, um, so I'm, I'm certainly grateful for all of that, but I just, you know, I still had my hangups that I had never dealt with. Right. And, um, and I didn't know that I needed to, yeah. honestly. Had you done counseling at any moment at this point? Um, I, I tried counseling a little later in that, um, and I struggled with it. Um, I was just coming to terms with, okay, I've got to kind of deal with some of my past, but I, again, wasn't quite ready for it. And so I, I didn't feel like counseling worked for me, but I believe it was my own fault that it didn't work. I wasn't mature enough, ready enough or willing to put the work in, um, because it's hard work. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, to do to finally decide mm-hmm. to do counseling and work through past also means we have to be confronted with our past. Right. Cuz the point mm-hmm. is to work like through it, mm-hmm. not to find ways around it because exactly. that's what we've done up until that point, right? As we find right. ways to avoid it and, and and move around it and function around it. When in actuality, I mean, I'm going on a limb here, but I feel like I, I feel like I've lived enough and had enough struggles in my own life to say those things shape us. Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly. Those things give our testimony, our lives, a, a unique purpose, mm-hmm. um, this being one of those. Um, and so I think, you know, at the same time, avoiding it means we're not also embracing that part of our story. And there is something to learn from it. And right. there's something that shapes us in that. And there's something that equips us um, mm-hmm. to love others even better as we come to understand ourselves and our, and our shortcomings along the way. Um, yeah, so you're, you're kind of hoping that things are going to be good. You've got this family, you're kind of working through some past. Um, one of your sons does end up having, um, being diagnosed with, um, Asperger's, right? Mm -hmm. we talked with him. You talked with Anthony. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. I, I did get permission from my son uh, to answer this question, yeah. and he, he gave his blessing, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And thank you for bringing this question up because yeah. it gave him and I the opportunity mm. to have another healing conversation yeah. about, you know, things that has happened mm. in his childhood. Yeah. So I'm yeah. grateful for that too. Yeah, because, you know, I, I have family members that have this, um, and it is a difficult um, syndrome. It's a difficult... Um, it takes all of us a better, it, it really it should, it, the responsibility really does fall on us to understand um, what each person is kind of walking in and not have this expectation um, for them to respond and be a certain way mm-hmm. um, because that's really essentially what this, what this really is. It's about a comfort level and it's about mm-hmm. us kind of adjusting the way our normal environment may feel right. and interact. Um to better understand them and help them to be included into the conversation. Right. What would you tell a mom uh, getting that or a parent getting that information? What What's something you can look back on and go, oh, this was really key in like mm-hmm. working together to understand this more? So I think the first thing that I would say is, you know, to a mother, I, um, is to follow your gut or your intuition mm-hmm. and do what you need to do for your your child. Um, 
I definitely would recommend that you get several opinions and that mm. if you get a doctor that doesn't feel right, mm. find another one. Mm. Um, because some doctors will tell you things that aren't okay or yeah. that are uncomfortable um, to you because it doesn't align with what you believe. And, yeah. and you don't have to stay with that. You can you can move on to somebody else who is going to meet the needs of your child and mm. your family. Mm. Um and That's mostly great. just, you know, listen to your child. Hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of times Anthony was screaming inside hmm. and I didn't hear him because I didn't know. I, yeah. you know, I, I was just coping my way through it yeah. with the brokenness that I brought to the, to yeah. the relationship. And I feel like I missed out on some of the things he was trying to say because hmm. I didn't know any better. Yeah. I didn't understand it. And back then, uh, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Yeah, there's and a so, lot more awareness about it now. Right, mm-hmm. and so, um, and we've learned more now yeah. how to, to work with him and how he can work with himself right. um, to have the life that he deserves to have, yeah. you know, and I mean, he's very high functioning and yeah. does really well in, yeah. in things, so there's no reason he can't have everything that he wants right. to have. So I'm hearing there's hope. There's always <laughs> hope, and I will say... Um, there were a lot of crying prayers. Mm. Um, and I will tell you that when he was about eight years old, I feel like God told me mm. that he was going to be okay. Yeah. And I hung on to that personal yeah. promise from God yeah. all of these years. And I yeah. still believe that he's He's going to make it, whatever yeah. make it is for yeah. him. Yeah, so. it might look different than you had an expectation of for, course, but he... Yeah. But I think that's, that. gosh, I feel like even perfect, you know, like, you know, like everything's in line and blah, 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 that even that doesn't ever turn out the way we expect, you know, and that's fine. And that's fine. So along the way, you started to recognize that there was some coping mechanisms. Maybe it wasn't drinking anymore. Maybe it wasn't, you know, some of the other things anymore, but there was some other more socially acceptable ways Um, that you were coping. So in my early 30s, I started recognizing that I had a, an issue with food. Mm. And um, and now I can tell you that this issue started back when I was a little girl. Yeah. I would use sugar to cope before mm. I used drugs. Yeah. Um, and so um, I... I did what every woman does. I try to diet and I try Mm. to, you know, diet this problem Mm. away and not really recognizing that it was an addiction Mm. or that I had just transferred addictions. Right. um, You know, because I had also quit smoking, you know, and so... Uh, usually people that that quit smoking, they transfer to food and they gain weight. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I've just, you know, gone from one addiction to another my whole life. And, and I landed on food because it's okay to eat, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can do that in public and and people are right there eating with you. And, and, um, but you know, it, it became something that that's how I coped with everything in life. And, um, and, uh, you know, I've learned that food can heal you, but food can kill you. Mm. And, um, and it was certainly killing mm. me. Yeah. Wow. That's a really, food can, say it again. Food can heal you mm. and food can kill you. Mm. Yeah. That's I, a really big statement. Um, so, so celebrate recovery. So I don't know if I mentioned this or not. You're a leader. I am. At celebrate yeah. recovery. I'm yeah. on the you, team. Yeah. And I also do some of the teaching. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but you had never heard, and Celebrate Recovery is pretty new. You're probably just hearing about it mm-hmm. as it was actually developing. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but it sounds like you heard about it kind of for the first time heading on a trip to Mexico. Is that? Yeah. So I went on a mission trip to Mexico and, and uh, the team had decided that we would take the curriculum, yeah. uh, the Spanish curriculum of Celebrate Recovery to a rehab facility in Do Ensenada. Do you speak Spanish? I speak Spanglish. <laughs> <laughs> Probably better than I yeah. can then. <laughs> but um, my son Gregory, is he would always go with me, yes. and he was fluent in Spanish. Yeah. And so that was just that. something that we used um, to cope with Jeremy. Mm. And you yeah. know, it was just a, a real good bonding time for him and I. Yes. And so we went on a lot of mission trips to Mexico. Wow. And um, so, yeah, we took this Spanish curriculum to C- of CR to, to Mexico and... Um, I thought it would be, oh, this will be great for those people. Mm. They need to hear this, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and it was in that time speaking to some of the other people, Mm. um, that were there who had just been in the program or had been in recovery, uh, really started, you know, just ministering to me Mm. and talking to me and I started opening up. And by the time I left, I was like, I, I need to go yeah. to this I, program. I actually need that. I'm teaching this and I actually need <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. And isn't yeah. that how mission work goes? You <laughs> go to bless so somebody else and you true. get blessed, you know? It's, uh, yes. Yeah. I took a mission trip to India and I, the entire time I kept going, these, uh, I, this yeah. is amazing. Like these, I need this more than, yeah. Right. Yeah. A better understanding for sure. For sure. So, um, so celebrate recovery um, and, and step studies and stuff. It is all about, yeah, we don't get to ignore our past. Mm-hmm. We don't get to live in denial. Right. And so you're bringing stuff, you're bringing stuff into the light kind of left and right mm-hmm. for the last several years. About what year? I didn't ask you this before. About what year do you think Celebrate Recovery kind of started in your life? Um, I started 15 years ago wow. in January. Wow. So I've been um, attending. In the beginning, I was, you know, regular for a while, and then I would stop for a yeah. while, and then regular for a while. But yeah. it, but I my first time through the doors was over a little over 15 years ago. It was the one-year anniversary of CR here at North Pole. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 I was. I, I think I might have been on the leadership team at Celebrate Maybe, Recovery yeah. at that time. Uh, it's playing good, the guitar. Good time. Playing the guitar. In the back. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you have um, an, an, not only an amazing story, but I, I love your ability to live your recovery out loud. Mm-hmm. You do that very well on social media. Thank you. Um, in, in, a, in, a, in a world of social media where there's just kind of tends to be a lot of negative things. Mm-hmm. I love just hearing you share um, the, the joys and the, and the struggles mm-hmm. of, um, of the different. Right now, you would, if, you were, if, if this was Celebrate Recovery and you were introducing yourself, what would you say in your introduction? I would say, hey, everyone, my name's Raylene. I'm a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, and the Lord is healing me from the effects of childhood sexual and physical abuse, and I currently struggle with codependency and food addiction. Nice. So that's kind of the realm and the world in yeah. which you're in right now. You you recognize um, the healing of some of this past. Oh, for sure. Um, and then kind of the everyday mm-hmm. um, recovery. How, how long has your sobriety been with um, food addiction and codependency? Where are um, we at? So I'm, I'm, I've been working on codependency for about three years. Okay. Um, it's definitely not something that you can, you know, 
it, it is definitely a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of my struggles with codependency is uh, fear of losing another child. Yeah. And so I cling, yes. I cling to my, my two boys and um, I've had to make my amends with them, mm. you know, for, you know, with Anthony, I've tried to control all of his outcomes so mm. that he doesn't, you know, hurt himself or right. end up dead. And, right. you know, so, um, and with Greg, I've kind of clung to him in a different way, yeah. um, just more emotionally. Wow. And so um, hmm. that's definitely my struggle with codependency. And so there are times when I don't get it right, you yeah. know. Um, but what I what I can say is that I'm learning from those times and I continue to try and grow. Hmm. And uh, with food addiction, uh, that's a slippery slope sometimes as well because I have to eat. Yeah. And so there are certain things that I have given up completely. Hmm. Um I don't drink soda because I can't handle it. So mm. I've got, you know, six or seven years with no wow. soda. Wow. And um, in January, I celebrated three years without any sweets. Wow. And, um, Congratulations. That's cookies, candies, cake, yeah. donuts, all of that. Uh, yeah. You're like <laughs> and, all the sweets. Oh. And um, I usually try and eat clean yeah. and I have moments where I go backwards in yeah. that and so um, I'm currently mm. just started a vegan and gluten-free okay. lifestyle and I'm I'm already thriving and I'm loving it so wow. um, my prayer is that this will be the fit for me and it will mm. help me to detox all of mm. the the foods that you know um, this isn't talked about a whole lot but the food industry puts things in food that yeah. make us addicted to yes. it. And yes. so uh, when you eat clean, you can detox off of mm. that. And then hopefully those things won't have yeah. any hold over me anymore. Yeah. And that's that's my goal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, so I'm going to, I typically like to ask this question to anybody who's sharing about their life because I always think it's good for us to reflect back. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking back, if you're looking back on your life, is there something you would tell your young eight, nine-year-old self that would be helpful knowing kind of where you're at now? Is there something mm-hmm. you would have said to her or something you could imagine saying to her that would be helpful? Yeah, I think... First, I would hug her. Mm -hmm. I would just give give my little girl a hug. And then I would tell her that my worth is not determined by what anybody else thinks about Mm me. Um, And that I'm enough. Mm. That I don't need the approval of anybody to be enough. And... um, and I would tell myself that I love you. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I don't mm. feel that I heard that a whole lot mm. growing up. So Yeah. What yeah. would you tell your mm, 16, 19-year-old self? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll go to 20, 20-year-old 20 yeah. self. Well, no, I'll, I'll tell my teenager, you know, um, I, I definitely would. It would have looked like some tough love, mm. um, you know, that, that you're being selfish and mm. you're being manipulative and you're doing... Mm things that are hurting yourself and, um, you know, and you're the only one can, that can change this. Mm. Nobody can do it for you and Mm. get, get it together, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely would have given her some tough love. Yeah. Um, your grieving self in the loss of, of Jeremy, what would you go back and tell yourself in those times? I think I would have told myself that I don't have to grieve, um, the way other people think I should. Mm. Um, I think I had some hangups because mm. I didn't give birth to Jeremy. Yeah. And so I just felt like people had these expectations of me because, you know, or, 
or the expectation that, well, it's not as bad for you because, because you didn't give birth to him. Wow. And um, yeah. that always didn't sit well with yeah. me. And I don't know that anybody actually said any right. of that, but, but that's how it felt. felt. Yeah. And I think um, I would just have told myself that you know the love that you had for him. Yeah. And you know that you were his mama. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what those people think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, um, and that it you don't have to meet anybody's expectations yeah. of what it looks like for you to grieve the loss of mm. your baby. Mm. You know? Yeah. So. Looking back now just on, on all of it. Mm. What's what's something you would tell somebody that's listening to this that's that's um maybe related with several points of your life? Mm. What kind of hope? Um, comes to mind as you reflect back, as you shared your testimony a month ago as your leader at Celebrate Recovery, what are some statements that you think would be helpful for someone to hear? I think if someone's stuck in their misery or in their bitterness, um, they need to know that it doesn't have to be that way. Hmm. Um, we don't have to live a, a miserable life, that hmm. there is something better out there and it starts with them. Hmm. Um, nothing changes if nothing changes. And Mm. so my recommendation is to do something outside of your comfort zone Mm. and keep trying to find something else outside of your comfort zone. Mm. Um, whether that's grief share or divorce care or celebrate recovery, Mm. um, you know, every one of us that have been in any of those programs knows what it's like Mm. to walk through those doors and it's not easy, but if you do the work, Mm. um, I believe that God will bless that and he will start the healing process. And, and, but if you don't, then you continue to live in your misery, Yeah. you know? So the only thing you have to lose by doing something different is your misery. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing to lose, no, huh? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Which I assume anybody in that situation would say good riddance, right? right? Of good course. Riddance. And so, yeah. but it's scary and it's hard. Yeah. You know, reach out to people in your circle. And, mm. you know, one one of the things you mentioned was social media. Yeah. I didn't just decide one day that I was going to start blabbering all of my stuff on right. Facebook. Right. Um, that was years in the making yeah. of God laying it on my heart right. that you need to do this. Right. And um, and I did it because other women poured into my life and mm. told me their story mm. and what they did to get over it. And so therefore... It's my turn now to give yeah. back. And whether that's in person, face-to-face with somebody or on Facebook, you know, I get to decide that. Yeah. And, and I'm grateful that God has put that on my heart to do. But in the beginning, I was kicking and screaming over that yeah. because I don't tell people this kind of stuff, right. you know. Right. Um, but what it's what it's shown me is that I'm allowed to speak my truth mm-hmm. out loud. Yeah. And, and, and it's okay. Yeah. And I don't need anybody's approval to do that. Yeah. And I know that people are being helped with it Mm. and not because of me, but because of what God is doing in their life and through my life. Um, And I'm just forever grateful for, for what he has done. He's changed and he saved my life completely. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Thank you so (laughs) much, Raylene, for just, yeah, yeah, living a, a very vulnerable, I mean, gosh, we went some really tough places. And honestly, we, I've even put a link to, if you want to actually see her full testimony, get a chance to do that. There's a link there for you to do that. And, um, and, and honestly, just encourage you, um, Celebrate Recovery is an amazing ministry. Mm-hmm. 
Um, some of the best people in my life have come from relationships that have started in Celebrate Recovery and mm-hmm. um, being able to do life with people on a very vulnerable level because everybody's coming with their vulnerability right. is a pretty uh, amazing and beautiful thing. And so if you've been on the fence about it, Celebrate Recovery is happening. Um, it's been happening on mm-hmm. online. We're now meeting in person. So it's happening tonight. Yes. So maybe mm-hmm. you're, got, you're going, wait, you know, I'll do it next week. Well, <laughs> well, let me just tell you my story. My husband and I, we kept doing that for months. We'll go next week. We'll go next week until finally I just said nothing changes till something changes. Right. right. Nothing changes till nothing changes. So I, I, I literally just said, we're going. I'm going with or without you tonight. And we did and mm-hmm. um, and continued to go for many, many years. Um, and like I said, it just it made a huge impact to do life with other people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to share in recovery and to share in our lives together in such vulnerable ways. Right. Um, yeah. So we just encourage you to do that. You have no excuse tonight. It's online and also in person. We'd love for you to join us. Are you teaching at all tonight? I am not. No. Darn it. Darn it. <laughs> do you know when you're teaching next? I don't. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, tune in and yeah. watch. Maybe you'll get a chance to just see your teacher to just start coming. Week. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> At least you know one person when you walk in, <laughs> right. you'll know Raylene and make Come sure you say hi. Come up and say hi. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Thanks guys so much um, for connecting with us today. We hope to just connect with you again on Sunday and we'll see you throughout the rest of this week. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week for Midweek Live. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media at NPCC Fresno.